0: Empire Hello and welcome to my podcast Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report Wherever you get your podcasts, you're watching on YouTube You know the deal, folks Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button You can find us there as part of Empire Media That's A-M-P-I-R-E Always much appreciated when you tune in Today is day one of training camp for the Washington Commander. So this is my first daily practice report. Don't forget, though, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now about Sam Howell, what he thinks of what some people outside Washington are saying about him. I'll get to that in a few minutes. Also, I will be doing reports after every practice. And in fact, on Friday, I will be doing a live podcast to help inform you better of what's going on in training camp. So if you have any questions, join me Friday afternoon. It's going to be around one 30 or two. I'll tell you on Thursday what time it'll be. And you'll have a heads up. And I know you might be at work, but you can play a little hooky. It's Friday. It's okay, but join me there. And again, it'll be up on the YouTube page right away. So you can check out all that content. Lot, lots going on here and it's funny because this place looks dramatically different. I'm going to try and put some pictures up of what it looks like onto the YouTube page. So hopefully you see it there. Um, because it looks different, man. It's it's a professional looking outfit right now, and it's different. You have stands over here where you got several thousand, a couple thousand seats um, that for fans. You have some VIP seating. Some of it's covered. I'm sitting in a VIP area right now. It is covered, which you need because it's going to get into the upper nineties over the next several days. Not during practices, though. So a little bit different, but. Anyway, so it looks different, and the players noticed it. The players were excited about that because you come out to this facility, and they know they don't have one of the best facilities in the NFL. Little things like this can help get them, feel them, help them feel just a little bit better. But I think they also know that more fans are probably going to be coming because today was closed to the fans. So more fans will be coming to so accommodate more. It'll get them. And that's going to create a better vibe and atmosphere for the players. And a lot of that is be some of that for the players. A lot of it internally is because of how they feel about their roster and how they feel about each other. But there's also obviously a big time vibe because of the change in ownership starting with, of course, Josh Harris in and dancing on or out. Speaking of Harris, he was at practice today standing on the sidelines talking to former Washington Redskins quarterback Joe Theismann for most of the workout. Uh, one of Harris's limited partners, Mitchell Rails, he also was in attendance, in attendance. After practice, Harris was introduced to the players. They gave him a nice round of applause. He was expected to address them later during a team meeting. All things have been pretty, good, pretty positive so far, obviously, and one of the things Antonio Gibson said afterwards is that, you know, he what he hopes now is he said he's heard for a lot of years or a couple of years how a lot of fans don't want to come out because of X, Y, and Z. And he's like, I'm not going to say it, but we all know who he's talking about. And he said, you know, that yeah, they would get negative comments on tweets because of what was going on in the organization. Now, he said, he's hoping that all those fans now are able to feel like they can come out and support the team again. So there you go. Anyway, so that created excitement. Harris is expected to be here again on Thursday when the fans will start showing up. Now, let's get to what happened on the field, starting with a positive development regarding some players coming off injuries. You had Logan, uh, well, or injury situations. Logan Thomas, Chase Young, no more knee braces. That's a positive development for each of them as they continue to recover or work their way back from their 2021 knee, uh, very severe knee injuries. And that's a good sign. We talked a lot about Thomas in the spring because he was here at the OTAs and minicamp. Chase Young was not. So I'm not going to talk a lot about Thomas at this point, but I will go to Chase Young for a minute. By the way, before I go on, keep in mind, they were in Chelsea. There's no pads. So until you put pads on, all this stuff is just an extension of OTAs and minicamp. And so you have to take everything with a grain of salt as far as who really stood out and who did this, knew that. Because everything changes when the pads come on, when they go up and they work out against the Baltimore Ravens, when they have preseason games. That's when things start to separate even more. But what you do look for are some traits and little things that you can pick up on to say that's a good development. For Chase Young, to me, the positive development is the way not just he's getting off the ball, and everybody uses the word spry. He looks spry coming off the ball, and I'll agree with that. And he's, but he's getting off the ball well. But what he's not doing is stutter stepping. And he, and again today, when I was watching him, I didn't see that. And what I saw instead was a guy who was getting into the offensive line. This, in this case, it was Charles Leno. And again, when you have no pads on, it's a little bit harder for the offensive lineman. They can't really—it's hard to really fully engage. They want the way they want to. So again, take it with a grain of salt. But with Young, though, I think the positive aspect for him was the way he was approaching it, and the when he used a couple good hand movements to get around Leno one time. Worked his way inside one time. Would have applied pressure on a couple of throws. So that's a good sign for him. He now he just needs to do it all camp and all season. Nothing more than that. But it was a good first day for Young. Let's go to Emmanuel Forbes, rookie corner. We all know that he's a smaller guy or a skinnier guy, not small as much as just skinny. So how are receivers going to approach him? Well, one of the first plays where I watched him, the um, it was the receiver, Byron Pringle, who was signed earlier this week. And the first thing he did, he was physical with Forbes. And you could see him kind of back Forbes off just a little bit. Forbes kind of leaned back just, just a bit. But what I liked is that he was able to recover and still was able to make a play on him and, and, and keep him covered. But he w- but it did like, that is something to watch going forward. I saw someone else try to do that and he worked his way around the side as he was taught to do in the spring. And then there was another time where his recovery speed and his length will play a big factor in him being you know in his success. And there was one play where Terry McLaurin runs an out and then comes back or runs inside, works his way back out. And he, he shakes Forbes at the line. Forbes works back inside to get him, and then McLaurin cuts back outside. But the angle that Forbes took and the length forced a, a throw by Sam Howell. Now, it wasn't a bad throw. He's actually – and if, I believe it – if I remember right, it would have to be completed. But it was a tougher throw because of the way Forbes responded to the route and the way he reacted and the length and, and all that. And it was – it, it would have been only a few yards on the catch, so it wasn't a huge play. And I think he did a nice job, again, with that length, with the recovery speed. You saw that a couple times with him. There's another time where uh, de- defensive backs coach Brent Brent Visselmeyer asked him if it to play after a route. He covered a route by McClure, and he said, hey, what, what does he always do at the top of the route? And I couldn't hear what, what Forbes said, but Visselmeyer responded exactly. So, in other words, he knew, and he knew what he was supposed to be looking for. Again, another good sign. By the way, when they worked with their three corners – Benjamin St. Juice was the guy in the slot, and that's what I would expect. I mean, they liked Forbes on the outside. They liked Kendall Fuller on the outside, and they liked Benjamin St. Juice on the inside entering last year. It was only when William Jackson showed he couldn't play in this defense that they had to shift St. Juice to the outside. Um, <clears throat> I, I want to stick with the defensive backs for a minute because Quan Martin just, to me, always jumps out. He's impressed the coaches with they feel like he's a very smart player. When I watch him and he covered in the slot today, what I really like about him is he's very patient off the line. His feet are settled. And I think that gives him a chance to react properly to whatever route happens to be run. I saw that a couple of times, just something to pay attention to as camp moves forward. But I think that like I think that guy's going to end up to be a good pick for them. But it, it's it's that. And I think he's versatile. He's smart. But I really like his footwork at the line when he's in, when he's covering in the slot. <clears throat> Whether it's against the receiver, which I saw him against Dax Milne a few times, or against the tight end. Um, I think he does a nice job. I think he understands how to play different guys and what he needs to do. Linebacker Jamin Davis worked a lot with the second unit. That's not a surprise. Don't take it as anything other than the guy is still working his way back in. He missed a lot of the spring after a minor knee procedure. He was here with the rookies over the weekend because he missed all that time. And I think at first he was like, why am I here? And they'd tell him, listen, you missed all this time. We need you to get back up to speed before the veterans get here. So that'll just be a matter of time. They kind of did something like that with Cody Barton in the spring where they, they let him work with the twos to get, work his way in there while the Ones were working a lot faster than he was able to go at that point. Kalik Hudson would be that in, was in there with Cody Barton when they were working with the Ones. And Hudson's a guy, again, that I've talked a lot about in the spring, took a big step. So there you go. School is out and summer is here, so it's time to plan your next family adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, The Adventure Park at Sandy Spring, located in Montgomery County, Maryland, is the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country. Beat the heat and join us after dark for some night climbing. When the sun goes down, the park is lit up, allowing you to climb under the stars. Check out their glow in the park events for extra glow lights and music throughout the forest. Want to keep your feet on the ground? Grab a bite to eat from the food truck and give ax throwing a try perfect for first timers or experts their projector systems allow you to throw at traditional targets play tic-tac-toe connect for or even hunt zombies listeners of this show can get five dollars off any ticket by entering the code kime 23 dc at checkout that's promo code kime 23 dc keim23dc now open seven days a week this is the perfect time of year to get outside and join the adventure at theadventurepark.com. I saw with Davis a couple of times. I saw two routes in particular. One time, I think he thought he did a nice job against Antonio Gibson coming out of the backfield, where he jumped he jumps to the outside, gets the leverage. For he has to work inside on that, but he was ready for a good job. But on the next, I think on one of the next plays, Jonathan Williams gets him on an outside route. Don't think the leverage was there. And that's something that he's had to work on in the past. Also, I think Brian Robinson, running back Brian Robinson, had the catch of the day. It was a little rail route down the sidelines um, from Sam Howell working against Khalil Hudson. And it was a ball he had to reach out, kind of t- grab it with one arm, pull it in. And he had to kind of tap his feet down to get it in. Craig Hoffman was standing right beside me. Of course, seven used to cover the team. He said he caught the ball. He said he got his feet in. I said he caught the ball. We combined. We ruled it. That was a catch. I don't know what the defender, the, the offensive guys all said it was good because it was on their side. Defensive guys said no, but I think it was a catch, but it was a really nice job by Robinson. And I think that's an area where they hope he can build on his game. Speaking of the running backs, and we again, we talked to Antonio Gibson. He said that. He views himself as a third down back. I think he's a little bit more than that because he can do more than that, but that's how his role is right now. And then the other guy to watch is Chris Rodriguez. One of the things to watch with Rodriguez this summer is his blocking, because that's something I think the coaches feel that he can do that. It really adds something to that defensive backfield um, in particular. Sam Howell. Well, Sam Howell is obviously the guy, right? That He's the guy coming into camp. It's his job to lose. We all know that. I did ask him in the press conference today – if, you know, we all know, like outside here, there still seems to be that amazement that really, Sam Howell? And so I kind of asked him if he's heard anything about some of the comments outside or, or some, maybe some of the, more not the comments, more the surprise by people that, are they really going with Sam Howell? And the answer has always been, yes, they've said this from the start. So when I asked How about that, he said, well, what he really gets, what he what he gets more than anything are, are messages from his friends about his 66 Madden rating. So that I think chases him probably a little bit more, but he said- you know, he goes, I'm not surprised that people like, you know, that they might think this is crazy because I hardly played and, you know, in my draft status as a fifth round pick. But he also said, I couldn't care. L-. Well, he said, I could care less. What he meant to say is I couldn't care less about what others outside here are saying. It only matters what they're saying in the building. And and I'll finish that off in the building. They have a lot of confidence in what Howell can become. They just don't like, like me, they don't know when he'll be good, but I think they, they certainly believe he will be good. But they just it's hard to say when he's a young quarterback who's thrown 19 past the NFL. It takes time. Anyway, today I thought he was I thought he was all right. I think the quarterbacks at times the offense was kind of rough at times. There, I think people had like four picks, three of them by Jake Fromm. So you know, he's their third quarterback. But how the focus is on how and the had one. Um, sometimes they're tip passes. You don't always know what the receivers are supposed to be doing or or where the quarterback's supposed to be going. So you always have to kind of balance that out. With how, the thing I still like with him is the timing of everything. And I also like you know, the way he's handling the huddle. and um, so that's all good, but the timing of his of his throws in this, whether it's seven on seven, even in the full team stuff, not not too bad. He had a really nice throw to Logan Thomas down the left. I think it was um, on a crosser to the left, puts it up high where only he can get it. And that was against Derek Forrest. So Force's coverage wasn't bad, but the ball was right there. And you see that a few times with him where he knows exactly where to put it, whether to get a guy to turn into more yards after the catch or away from danger. And I think Brissett does a pretty good job with that as well. Um, so there you go. And I'll, we'll get into how a lot more throughout training camp. So I'm trying to give you some other guys. Center Ricky Stromberg works a lot with, you know, sometimes the twos, sometimes the threes. You know, you have Tyler Larson there working. You have, of course, Nick Gates there working. Um, So, you know, we'll just see how all that shakes out. And obviously, I do expect Stromberg to be their backup center because that's why they drafted him in the third round. Sadiq Charles works a left guard. You had Braden Daniels working with a third team as left tackle. Still see a lot of need to improve in his technique. His footwork is good, his athleticism is good, but he still bends a lot when he gets in trouble, and that leads to bigger issues. Uh, Chris Paul, backup guard. One thing to watch this summer: I'm curious to see if they give Paul any reps at tackle. That's something I heard that that might happen. So be curious if he does that. It just it adds to his value. But I think they just want to see, can he also do that? So that's just something to watch as a possibility uh, down the road in practice. And a couple more things. One of the things um, that I really liked today when you watch it is just the way the receivers get to their spot on the line after breaking the huddle. A little bit more urgency than I've seen here in the past. And I think you can credit Eric bien for that. And I think that's a direct result of of what he emphasizes because there are times where he's yelling at guys to run off the field as they're coming off. And, and I mean, he's serious about that too. And, and I think the other, the other BNME update is that early in the practice, he yelled at one receiver, not sure which one it was, but he, you know, he yelled at him, don't slow down. It's work time. That's a message to the receiver. It's a message to everybody else. That's what he expects from them. It's what he expects from himself. And, you know, so that's, You know that, that, like I said, the urgency is good, and even Ron Rivera noted, like the tempo. Now we'll see where the tempo is after you've been out in the ninety-plus degree heat for several days, and you start to drag. On the day one, I thought the tempo was pretty good, and then you have to wonder, like, how does that tempo increase when the fans show up on Thursday, as they are going to do? And and I think the the players are very excited about what's going on here, and especially with the fans, maybe being being a lot more feeling more like they can support them again and how that trickle, that atmosphere, that energy can trickle down to them. One thing I think they want to watch is that the combination of that, their excitement, the fans being there and Vietnamese enemy's intensity. Do you have to officiate that practice? If you're the coaches, make sure that guys aren't getting too out of control. Listen, they're not going to have pads on tomorrow. So there's only so much that can happen. But I think it's just it's just funny because that's where we're at with things. There is excitement about how good this team will be. Who the hell knows? It's day one. But that's where we go. And really, folks, that's all I got for the day one. Be back with uh, another practice report on Thursday. And again, a live podcast episode on Friday. You can join us there. And again, I'll tell you whether it's 1.30 or 2 o'clock Eastern time. Um, there you go, folks. That's it. Appreciate you tuning in. I'll talk to you next time.